Son of a Megan. Not it does, it's not as good. That's not actually, as good. Actually, that does not work because I do not have a son. God dang it. Dang it all. So what do you think of that National Geographic thing? That is asking me? I'm asking both of you. That's good, think- right? Augmented reality. That's the no, future that of advertising. Cool. Okay, so that's the uh, so uh, the company is uh, App Shaker, and uh, they're uh, they're from land far away. Where are they from? Uh, I don't know where, where are they from. Who are they? Contact. I want to contact them. It's uh, App Shaker. I think the UK. The UK. They are. They say they are not an agency. I like Microsoft's idea here, where instead of really inventing great products, you just envision them and make big commercials about that. Did you see that? Smart. Crazy. Totally. Saves you saves you all the time and effort of actually creating the product. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> I, want, I want a company like that. I got to say, that is so much cooler. I'm back on the augmented reality National Geographic. Yeah. That is so much cooler than what is bugging me to no end these days, which is when I am in a masochistic mood and decide I need to go to Target, and I walk down an aisle and things start talking at me from the toy aisle. I just, I seriously and literally want to punch them because in years past, there have been well, maybe Where's your one. inner child at? Yeah, oh, I'd like to know no. where your inner child is at. Yeah. I'm happy to play with toys. I hate it when things start talking at me. Ugh. You're kind I of cannot. A, you're going to be an angry old woman. I, oh, that's I already so, am an angry old woman. Yeah, that's I, I cannot stand that. And you know what else? I mean, this is not, this is not exclusive to Target. I was in Fred Meyer going to Redbox, which is where we often rent movies. And next to the Redbox, the Redbox does not talk to me, but next to the movie. See, I don't use the Red. That's the vending machine outside of McDonald's. You don't use it, Pete? No. And and Fred Meyer and yeah, yeah. It's everywhere. He uses Netflix. I know because he's, uh, he's, uh, uh, Netflix. Movie elitist. Please. Please. Can Whatever. I go back to my story? So the other thing that bugs me is that next to the red box, there is a make your own key machine, and that talks at me too. And I hate that. Come on. Make your if own. If I want you to talk, I'll push a button. Don't just talk at me. That is my What does it say? What do these things say to you? Come do they make know a key. You? <laughs> so they it's it not says. like they know you yet. Like that's coming, yet, right? Yeah, when that's... they say hi, hey, Megan. Okay, when that comes, hey. I will become a hermit. You, hey, Megan. you know what bothers me do more wanna, than Do you want to make oh, a key? Hey, Megan. Do you wanna, unless, do you wanna make a key? Unless it's a hot guy offering me something more than a key, I'm not responding. Wow. Take the key. Her. Take my key. Exactly. Very amorous. If it's a hot guy saying, take my key. It's <laughs> a very amorous statement. Um, you know, you know who I don't like talking to me? Any, and I, I, anybody? This goes, this goes way beyond, you know, some. The voices in head. No, no, no. Wait, your wife. The kiosk people <laughs> at the mall these days, they're like barkers oh, now. I mean, that's become like walking through a you know state fair carnival or whatever where they want to throw want you to throw out their milk bottles hey have you tried this and they've got crazy things like you know wristbands that supposedly increase your balance and stuff well, those guys that those totally guys works it's magnets it's all passive. about magnets right whatever <laughs> those guys are being re- gone from being really just sort of passive like i don't know minimum wage like teenage girls with their headphones on waiting for you to approach them and i don't know what happened? Well, at some because point. no, I went to the mall this weekend because we just got a new H and M, and so it was a big mall event, and uh, and an Apple store. Um, and those guys are really annoying. 
I'd, I'd you, rather have a key machine. They're say, also like, like 16 years old. Well, you know, those are, so you're talking about oh, the people. They like some, have the, the, the so invisible say, shield people. They've got the, right. they yep, sell yep. beads. They sell uh, sunglasses. Lots of sunglasses. Tea, sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my favorite. The fake smoke, the fake cigarettes. What is the point of that? What is that? Like candy? Are they candy? No, I don't even know what they are, but it's like, it's like, a, it's like a plastic thing that you can smoke. And smoke comes out of it. I want to talk more about this augmented reality thing. Is that good? <laughs> like, what did you? So this is the National Geographic because this is the this is I this is the future of advertising. Is, is it? augmented reality? So you're walking by, you're walking by a big screen, and you look. It looks like a mirror because you just see yourself in it, right? And then suddenly you're walking next to three wee dinosaurs. But then you look around because you're thinking, whoa. I don't see you know three wee dinosaurs. Augmented reality sounds cool to me, but I have been waiting my whole life, what, since 12, I guess, or since the first Star Wars, I don't know. I've been waiting my whole life since then uh, for uh, uh, holographic advertising. Holographs. I want holographs. Why can't well, they make that reality? Isn't that the, uh, that's the minority report thing, right? Where that's a combination of what you're both saying. So you're walking down the, down and you see your, uh, uh, you know, American Eagle Outfitters and a hologram walks out to you and says, hologram. Hey, I called it hey, a hologram. Uh, hey, uh, Megan, how are those jeans fitting you that we bought you, that you bought <laughs> last year? Right. How are you liking them jeans? And I'm it's scared. this, it's this hunky shirtless, shirtless holographic model. <laughs> who's who's like looking you up and down saying hey you need some more of those jeans because they know what you bought that's where it all comes together right that's scary that just yeah, gets that, scary that, to that me. scares me a lot i think i'm going to move to some backwoods montana farm if that happens i think you've got plenty of connections dan i think you could do that <laughs> or mexico oh yeah mexico. mexico you could go right. to mexico with your people there your people uh, your people <laughs> 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 I'm glad you found that humorous. <laughs> You're so funny. Uh, I do find it humorous. So, so, what else are we talking about today, boys? What well, you got? I got. I had that. I, that's what I brought to the table. I also brought. Uh, no, I also have. I wanted to hear Dane. <laughs> I, I'm going to put you on the spot again because in my analytics changed. They did the thing where they're they release off early release often that's google's new thing release early release often Wah! and now they've changed analytics and now my default is the whole new analytics engine you can change it back well i know you can but i want to hear i want to walk through why i don't know why dude. i should share yeah, about you this. did put me on the spot because hold on oh crying out loud this, yeah you put sounds me on like the spot. megan is more prepared than you Seriously. Well, this has been out for a while. That's a bad well, I know day. You've had the choice, right? But, but I have not used it because there have been gaping holes in it, right? Like things that just don't work. And now apparently all those things are fixed and it's really fancy. This what, is, do you, what do you like about it? Megan? This is one of those things. Well, here's, here's what happened, Peter. I was playing around in it because I thought, okay, I should figure out how to use this. And it's not, you know, mm. impossible to use. And then I got on the phone with a client and I said, Okay, let me default back to the old version because I don't know where that is now. So, <laughs> so now I have it in the old version and I just feel like I need somebody like Peter to walk me through what is different because this is what Peter does best. He would actually sit down and figure it all out or I don't know what you do, watch some sort of tutor tutorial, get somebody from Google Analytics to come sit next to you or something and figure it all out and then tell me because that is, that is what I do best. I absorb information from Peter. Let's see, well, then I, I put myself on the spot. 
Well, I've been avoiding the new version, apparently. Well, and there's also a new version, right, mm-hmm. of uh, AdWords, right? I mean, didn't they? Everything is new. Yeah, everything. I, I don't, and I don't like it, but um, I've I've learned to live with it. I I, I really, I mean, it, it it looks a little prettier than the other one, but I've I've not found it more useful at all. And I used to use the older version of AdWords reports. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I liked it better and I'm, I'm not even able to access the older version now. So yeah, I've not warmed up to the new, it's, it's not the, it's not, um, the user interface. It's not anything about like working within AdWords and, and working with your campaigns. It's about the reports that basically the homepage mm-hmm. and how that plays out that I'm like just the dashboard, right? To. You're talking yeah. about the dashboard. Sort of I don't. I always just skip right over the dashboard, which I know I shouldn't. So well, you can configure the dashboard to actually be useful. That involves configuring, right? I know. No, I know. And You're that's not what into I need to do. useful. You're just into no. Sizzle. I no. No, steak. it's my problem is that I get um, I get panicky and I get short on time. So I feel like I don't have time to mess around with creating a new dashboard because I don't have time to play with it. So, and I realize this would save me time in the long run, but this is how I've been operating. So this is why. I need you two to tell me how to do it. Well, it's interesting. And I'll tell you why I'm thinking a lot more about this right now. Because I have, I've been playing with other analytics tools. And I, um, uh, so have you, have you heard of this, uh, reinvigorate.net? Mm-mm. I, it's way too early for me to even be able to talk sort of substan- substantively about it. It's a, it's a paid service. I think it's a, I think it's a web trends brand. Like it's mm. a new, it's, it's mm-hmm. web trends trying to get into, uh, real time, traffic and to do it in a a very new fancy way because web trends i think the problem with web trends has been really sort of brand approachability right if you're a huge company you probably have web trends and you're loving it because it gives you all sorts of crazy detail and it looks really engineering kind of it looks it looks like if you have if somebody walks up to your desk and you have web trends open it makes you look smart that's true Right. And that you may not be smart, <laughs> but it makes you appear, makes you look it makes you appear smart. And I, I, I wonder how web, how, how reinvigorate is different from Clicktail. Do you know? I, I, I like heat map. Um, I like heat maps, uh, quite a bit, but yeah. Clicktail does a lot of that and I think does it well. I wonder how this is different. Well, reinvigorate, it's, it definitely, I, I'm not sure if you are that same person in an office and you have reinvigorate open, if you'd actually look dumb, but it gives you some interesting <laughs> stuff and it's a, it, it's a paid product. It's like 10 bucks a month for three domains. Um, gives you, you know, it's, it's how much a month? 10 bucks a month for three domains. Well, that's one difference. That's cheaper. Yeah, it's cheaper. And that's, that I think is, you know, they're hitting that, the, the sort of low end of the social and, and the reports are good. I mean, so far I'm liking the, the reports that I get. I like the, the layout. It's pretty usable, but I don't have enough. I just turned it on yesterday and I feel like I don't have enough data in the system yet to actually be able to see if it's, if it's useful. Um, because so far, you know, I'm looking at, um, you know, the traffic summaries right monthly daily weekly the the bounce rates the entry and exit pages those that stuff is 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 good i like that but it's i can get that elsewhere and i feel like i can get that um you know through google's analytics tool and i also get webmaster tools integrated with google analytics and i get the fact that it's in google's system and that's you know there's a certain benefit to that i feel i may be completely off no and the thing with google analytics is you can get really good at being 
um, it, it's sort of milking everything out of it um, that you can, but it purposefully isn't a, f- a truly full-featured analytics um, tool. What is it it's, missing? If it's not full featured, um, what is it missing? Yeah, no, it's, if you were to go, and I would say, this is my opinion, if you were to go from that, obviously analytics is free, right? Um, and part, I think, of milking it to its fullest is, uh, using the webmaster tool that Google provides so that you sort of marry the two of them. Um, it, but it, it still is kind of top level data. And it's for most people, I think it's just fine, honestly. Uh, and you know what you get out of it. I mean, you can get the geographic data and the page visits and the exits and the bounces and, and, uh, you can create funnels and, and you can squeeze more out of it than you used to be able to, but it's still, it's not full featured. And I would, I would say at the very top end, you have site catalyst from Omniture, which is now Adobe. Um, that, uh, you don't have to go all the way to that because you can sort of piece together things like, you know, this reinvigorate looks like, you know, an option or, um, and you can get heat maps now, by the way, out of, uh, Google Analytics, but they're not, they're not awesome. Well, that's what I was going to say. But the, those are, that seems to be the newer bit, right? I mean, they, you've had heat maps from, from analytics for a while, but the real time, is brand yeah. new, right? Well, the other thing though that you don't get, that I, I, I would say I, the one feature that I always, um, uh, I think takes everything a whole step beyond, uh, Google Analytics that, that a lot of sites would love to have is, um, form analytics. So the ability to see when people come to your forms, um, how far do they get in the form or which form field? Are wait, they wait, dropping who, out on? Who, who has that one again? Well, Clicktail has it. Site Catalyst has it. Um, and you can't you can't munge that together with uh, Google Analytics. No, that so that's the thing. I mean, you if you have a you know a big website from Google Analytics, you can determine how people got to your site and which pages they went to. But your detail within the page is limited. Um, so some of these other analytics. Um, tools allow you to see, for instance, the scrolling data. So if it's a really long page, what percentage of people get to the bottom? Uh, I mean, that's, and that's just whatever. I mean, and you can always kind of guess at that anyways. I mean, it's, it sort of plays out pretty universally, but there's a lot of other on-page data. Um, again, you have a heat map and you have the ability with analytics to get some sort of like percentage click. But one of the things that happens with Google Analytics is if, uh, let's say, five separate hyperlinks on the page all link to the exact same page, you're going to get the exact same percentage on each of those five, and you're not going to know which of them really got clicked on the most. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. maybe the maybe the one of those five that's highest up on the page got all of the clicks, but the others are going to have the same percentage clicks attributed to them. So if the number's 12%, it's going to be 12% on all five. So it's it's not totally detailed uh, in terms of how a particular page performs and the page uh, performance that most people are interested in is both the uh, home page and wherever their form is so whatever the sales or fulfillment page is um and analytics can't really help you there um there obviously there's just there's some things you can do when you get really advanced with it which i'm i don't, I don't think i am at all but a a, a product like again site catalyst or clicktail you can you can really start to analyze a a, um, a a form page so that if you've got okay you need your name and the, the address and you've got your acquired fields and your additional fields and your comments 
those are things that really do need to be analyzed. And particularly if you're a large, you know, um, e-commerce site where all of your transactions are occurring online and you really need to know, um, is there a particular form that you have a re- or a particular field on the form that you have set as required that seems to be spooking people? They're filling out a couple of the first fields and they are always dropping out on this particular one. I think that's pretty critical and you can't get that from analytics. Hmm. That is way over my head. Well, I'm, I'm trying, I'm looking at also back at, uh, remember where I got all excited about Woopra? Yeah, I was, I was remembering oh, that. Yeah. I, Remember that one. You know, can we can we talk just briefly about the fact that LinkedIn now has some new analytics on their groups pages? Sure, tell me about it. Did, did you know that? that? Yeah, well, uh, what did I know? I think I knew it from you. I think you're the one who told so, me. So, right, so this I believe was last week. They've it's interesting what they've decided to do, but they've via a I believe it's all public facing. You can see this for any groups page, but essentially you go to the right hand side of any groups and it says, um, and you have to scroll down actually quite a ways. It says group statistics and it has created these kind of neat infographic statistics about how many members, what the growth has been, what the activity has been on the page, where people are coming from, what their job function is. But you know, I'm hoping that this means that they're going to have some additional analytics for group administrators on the back end because it only gives you what it wants to give you. There's no way to, you know, like you can on analytics, there's no way to change date ranges. There's no way to kind of customize this at all. Kind of, it, it is what it is. So it's a nice little start. So I just think it's an interesting little feature they decided to roll out. Well, it is interesting because that's really what you, that's really what we what what I want, right? And that's what I I find interesting about um, you know Snoop and Woopra and the new mm-hmm. Google Analytics, which I feel like is they're sort of late to the game. Uh, is they it, are is this you know the real time stuff, right? Because I want to be able to go into Google Plus, and this is one of the things I like about Google Plus too. Uh, have you seen the ripples? Feature. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is fascinating. That Somebody being, said that was based off Wave technology from Google Wave. Yeah, I think it is, right? So if you go, I don't know how, um, I don't know exactly how that happens, but I'm looking for right now, I'm looking for something that has a lot of shares um, on my home stream. The idea is you can, there's a little down arrow to the right, top right corner of every post. And if you click on, uh, on that little down arrow, you can say, you can find the link to the post, you can report abuse, abuse, you can mute it, you can block the person, or you can view ripples. And ripples show you the real time, um, share activity of that post. So you can see who the, the initiator of was of the, of the post, and you can see all the, all the places that that has shared throughout the Google Plus community, how it's how it expands beyond its initial sh- initial share, and all the circles that it has hit that are public, um, and you can zoom in and out of it in real time. That's what I want in my analytics data. Like I want to be able to see not just you know who arrived at my site, but I want to see who is using the content and where. Do and I have I want, to activate is- that? Because I'm not seeing it online. All I have is report abuse, mute, and block. It only works on public posts. Public posts. So you got to find something that was shared publicly, either with you or publicly. So go to your like mainstream and. Oh, here it is. I knew I had seen it before. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I think it's really cool. It's very cool. <laughs> can I can I tell you guys what I was thinking about yesterday? 
Dane it? Does it I feel like I feel like this does, is a. Does it have to do with analytics? <laughs> you can, of. Dane, but I don't but know if we're does. ever going to fit the wanna... alligator in the coffin. Here's here's what I was mulling over because you know, I I it's so interesting when we start talking about this and and it's always so intriguing from a marketing perspective when you can dig in and get all of this mm-hmm. data and and uh, um, real time analytics or. Um, and then take it to things like, you know, direct response advertising or online advertising and the fact that we can have so much data relative to the money that we spend and how it's, um, how it's really coming back, like ROI or, or, um, uh, whatever, like your key performance indicators that you're, that you be, you can just get really sucked into it. And there's a lot of reason for that to be able to justify your marketing budget and to really understand user behavior and, and and so we've been talking for quite a bit here about analytics and what we can know about how people are interacting with your website. And obviously, this data does have relevancy beyond just being interesting. It should have actionable um, relevancy that you know we can make adjustments and changes. And and it's been this huge sea shift change, I guess, in in um uh in the way that a lot of companies approach marketing and think about marketing and set their budgets and uh rely on reporting but i i also read recently i don't it was a few weeks ago something about domino's pizza and their increase in in revenue and profitability dating back to the um ad campaign that started with their we know our pizza sucks and here are the commercials showing you the actual um focus groups where people told us it sucked and so we changed our pizza formula and now it's better that whole campaign if you date back to that point um and that was very branding oriented is is my point you know and 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 so i think it's just i just was thinking a lot yesterday about how um i think there are i think these sorts of things we're talking about particularly analytics and you know and and then you know talking about paid search and that kind of thing i think they're great in local advertising uh online you know location based advertising um and even social media they're great for smaller companies they're obviously great for every size company if you do them right we've talked a lot about them but but there's certainly still a place for branding and i i think for such a long time ad agencies were kind of very hesitant or reticent to um, have their clients think much about measurability, right, of ad campaigns. I think if they could approach a, com- a company and say, we've got this brilliant idea, or we've got this awesome logo, or we've got this, you know, our, our creative team came up with this awesome commercial idea. And if the company says, wow, I love it. Wow, I just feel that's great. That Go for it. And then everyone just feels good and we don't measure necessarily. I mean, either sales at the end of the day go up or down, but we're not tracking it to the level that we're talking about. So we get into all of this analytics, you know, capability and you're getting into the minutia of what you can track and measure. And there's still, I just think it's going to be a long time before we balance out the, the, um, our approaches, I guess, and the importance of being able to track and measure versus kind of taking that leap of faith from a brand campaign concept and going through through sort of a broad mass media approach and the impact that that still can have on a company and I Domino's is still just to me a crazy example and I would even say um 
Old Spice, which, you know, their campaign had more to do with still some sort of new online and, and much more measurable again, you know, kind of, um, applications, you know, the whole, um, you know, the social and the viral uh, thing they did with, I can't remember his name now, but you know, the Wyden and Kennedy campaign that, Isaiah, that happened last year. Isaiah Mustafa. That guy. Um, but that still was, again, a, a kind of a leap of faith sort of branding concept, um, creative origin. And, and the bottom line is that's just from an advertiser's perspective, that's just far more interesting and sexy. And y- Well, but it, y- it was generated from measurement, though. You know, I'm sure they looked at, they had a marketing yeah. problem. And they, that that one know, they, did they, blend they things a little a- bit more. They addressed yeah. it with a creative solution, and, and and I think that's what branding and advertising is all about. Is that you never know if it's going to work, but you do have to track its efficacy to figure out, you know. And and I think that's where these marketing problems are coming from, where they present the agency with a problem and they say, "Look, our numbers for this demographic are in the toilet. This is really where we want to be. What can you do to get us into this, you know, into this demographic?" Well, so I, just, I mean, I see yeah, your I mean, point. I just don't. I mean, I think that there's room for both. Would be of my... course, there's room for both. That's and that is my point is that there. Of course, there's room for both. <laughs> it's not one or the other. It's not right. Oh, guys, did you know you could measure all this stuff? But don't, don't but do that's that. Sort of the don't... problem that people are that that I think a lot of particularly small and medium sized businesses tend to get so focused on uh, what you can do with the data. And how you can specifically segment and target. Uh, uh, do you, that do you, you really honestly the brand. think that small to medium sized businesses are perseverating over that? Because I disagree. I oh think my God. they're too busy. A, do you, have to, you been waiting to use that word? Did you did you check that word out before the show and you thought I'm going to find? No, and you know what? I actually don't even think it's a real word. It is a it is a real word. You're you're you not making it up. You just got lucky. I've looked it up, but I use it anyway. <laughs> I've, never, I've never been able to find a real deception. Because I don't know who's perseverating. I I kind of think that might even not even be legal in Utah, from what I yeah, know. Yeah, it no, it's, it's a real legal. world. Perseverate <laughs> to repeat or prolong an action, thought, or utterance after the stimulus that prompted it has ceased. I'm so impressed. And yeah, the, actually, the example is. God dang it, I'm totally perseverating on this. <laughs> That's a great example. Origin let early me, 20th century. Let me, let me, here, I've got, I, I got a little example for you guys. All right. This, this maybe is relevant, I hope, but I've got a client who, Bye, thanks. Uh, I've got a client who has 100% of their marketing budget for a long time has been, um, paid search. And we have weekly calls and I'm, you know, managing all their paid search. And, and during during certain times of the year last year, certain seasons, um, you know, things would go up or down, and um, and we'd have these weekly calls like, oh, how do we get it back up? How do we get it back up? How do we reduce the cost per sale? How do we? And everything was just really like the data. And here's here are our keywords, and I'm doing everything I can within the paid search realm, and I'm feeding you this data, and it's and, and we're measuring everything, and everything's a cost per sale, and blah blah blah. And I'm comparing year over year over year and coming up with, you know, some seasonal trends and trying to analyze things. But I'm looking at these aberrations that occurred historically for them that like, wow, geez, you know, two years ago during the month of, you know, September, you really had some dramatic sales increases and, you know, and I was just in the dark as to why. Well, it turns out as I would bring that up that 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 was those were times that they ran TV in addition to oh hmm, you know funny. other things they were Surprise, doing yeah yeah and and so you know we finally kind of worked it out with them as and this is what always bothers me about only doing a very small slice of a company's um, 
marketing that and and you don't see the bigger picture of what's going on you you really need to get the full picture to be effective and to have things all work together but uh, in this case, yeah, they, they finally kind of came clean about some things I didn't know they'd been doing. That's fine. So we worked out, you know, how their paid search campaign, I would modify it. Like I can modify it to be even more effective if you run TV, which obviously costs you more, but you're going to get an aggregate increase that's going to include phone sales, uh, organic search website sales, and your paid search campaign, which always performs far better and at a lower cost per sale during periods that they're running a, a brand oriented, you know, TV campaign. And at the end of the day, you know, it all pays for itself and it all, you know, matches up. But if you try to, it's like a table with three legs, but you, you know, you pull away one of the legs, it doesn't stand as well. And so, yes, it, it all needs to work together, Megan, obviously. But I, I, I was just speaking to the propensity, I think, in, in terms of the evolution of, of companies and how they pursue or, or um, perceive marketing. I've seen it march toward a more analytic-based, you know, response-oriented um, ROI, KPI kind of a, a thinking and away from branding. And ultimately, of course, it, it all has to come together. And we can't, you know, you can't separate or divorce them. I think you have to find a way to have a really happy balance. But um I think once upon a time that balance was heavily shifted towards branding and far less about direct response and, and measurability. I think marketing people promoted that. I think ad agencies promoted that. And I think today we're on the kind I, of the, I, other I, end of the I, I think there's, I don't, I think it would be, I, I think it's, it's a hard sell to put the, the, um, to, to say that there, that there's an active push toward this. I think the bigger problem is just the expense. And when you, when you start looking at your budgets and you think, okay, it'll cost me X to get this. Uh, except, you no, know, when I say an active push, I mean, I really believe there was a time and, and maybe there still is where people would actively push for, for not measuring. Yes. Because th that, that's where I think the active push was. Yeah. Because like an ad agency, again, if I can sell you on a really cool creative concept, and I, if I think I have the ability to convince you as a client that we shouldn't measure the results of it, we should just call it good because you're happy with the campaign and the yeah. creative concept. Uh, a lot of ad agencies and, and marketing directors were happy with that because they didn't want to have to be accountable for the measured results of the campaign. They would far rather just say, great, the CEO loves the concept. Let's spend the money. Yeah, I think that's the uh, I, I think that's what's been lost. And now we have this we're we're in this space where it is it's it's so expensive to to mount a, a print campaign, for example, particularly if you're in a if you're in a, a sort of a niche, if you if you if you're in a, a particular professional field, you know, project management, marketing, you know, you're you're advertising to a, a known quantity doing a broad based kind of branding push on television might not necessarily work but if you if you have sort of a niche industry uh you go to their their print i deal with i have three clients right now that are in exactly this space where you go you want to try and put a, a an ad in their in the industry print publication in the industry net magazine but forget it it's it is extremely expensive to get that space you know and mm -hmm. and when you say i'm going to spend three thousand dollars for one month in this industry magazine to get a nice full page ad or put that same $3,000 toward X number of impressions and, and start measuring activities. 
then it becomes yes. an issue of, of justification and, and opportunity cost. And it's so much harder to get over that emotional discussion. And, right. and I think that's where we are. I mean, that's where, that's why it, it's such a big deal right now. Yeah. And wow, once, this is a deep discussion. It is like actually starting to hurt my brain. No, come on. <laughs> no, you're totally into this because you're in the same space, right? I mean, you're telling me that that's not happening, that there is no perseverating. I'm not telling you it. that it's, I'm not telling you it's not happening. I'm saying for maybe, and maybe there needs to be a differentiation between a small business and a medium business because I think what small businesses are doing is sticking their head in the sand and saying, I know I should be looking at this, but I'm not. I'm far too busy to do that. Or they look at it and they don't have you know, the knowledge to paint a full picture. And maybe that is what happens, Dane, with some of these businesses. Maybe it is a medium-sized business and they look at one measurement and start getting all, you know, well, crazy you know, about one particular measurement. But you can't just use one measurement. That makes no sense. Well, you, you do and you don't have to separate, I think, the size of the business. I, because on one level, I think that things like analytics, paid search, and social media have been fantastic and continue to be fantastic for small businesses um, who never were in a place really to measure. Like, I mean, maybe they'd save up their entire budget and didn't have much of a marketing budget to begin with, but save it up for, say, a display ad in a weekly or something like that, you know, which are still, I'm not saying that that isn't a good thing to do, but, but once you can approach marketing with um, less of an, less of an overall investment of money. There's obviously a time investment, but then you can measure it and you can justify it as a small business. It's a fantastic thing, but I do think it sort of feeds into, um, I, I, maybe it's just sort of a risk aversion, I suppose, of, of taking it to a next level where you can have something that's maybe more brand oriented complement your measurable activities. Or your more measurable activities. So yeah. I, it's probably more pervasive at a smaller business, but I certainly think even at the, you know, at a much larger size businesses, um, I mean, the biggest ones have a, generally have a pretty um, diverse, you know, marketing portfolio or, you know, or campaign approach. But a lot of mid sized businesses, I think once you speak to a decision maker or somebody who controls the budget with, a, a story to tell from a data perspective, they want that. I've just been there before. I've seen it. And, and I've, I've watched my entire budget over a period of time for a single company move from almost all, um, you know, brand oriented activity towards completely measurable, almost 95% measurable cost per lead, cost per sale activities only because I could bottom line those for the person who made, you know, those key budget decisions. Yeah. And some, something's lost when you go all the way there. Yep. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. what do I know? Nothing. <laughs> You've been there too, Pete. Well, I got to sit in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So how Dave about... Uh, today. How about I know. He's all smart. What happened? <laughs> Dane, you're just, you're there. It's like your computer's okay. working. You don't have any problems with Skype right now. And suddenly you're cracking on all cylinders. I love it. I love it. You de we haven't had any blackouts. It's because of our new, um, it's a good thing I'm not our new expression that Dane doesn't like. I know, right? Oh, our I, new nickname. I, I've used it myself. <laughs> you have? So of course I have. Oh, Dane it. Dane it. Dane it all. Um, 
But how about Google's new music service? What I was going to ask you guys about that. Well, I could care Anybody? less because I'm really infatuated with iTunes Match right I now. Wanna, I want to talk about that too. Uh, well, both of them. We got to talk about them both because there's a there's a model. What do you think about the music? Have you have you signed up for the music service, Megan? Nope, I have not. I didn't. It just come out today or yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. I saw that it came out and I thought, wow, look, another music service that I'm right. just going to add that to the long <laughs> list of music services I've not signed up for. <laughs> Well, there's finally some headway being made, isn't there? I mean, well, somebody consumer... tell me, somebody give me a benefit to signing up for Google Music over, you know, like the other, like I said, ten that I have not signed up for. Well, well, uh, uh, you know, we can we can talk about uh, we can certainly talk about that. I mean, we, you know, what do you? Well, what's the context of the conversation, right? Because there's there's the utility of the service, and and you know, how does it ha- allow you to access your music? And, and your music versus buy new music. Um, and there's the, you know, Dane and I got into this. What is it? We talked for an hour yesterday about Did. the, about, you know, the artist perspective. Like where would, if you're an artist, where would you want to put in your music? Uh, and, uh, you know, I haven't really evaluated well, how. You know, here's how we got started. Yeah. Megan. So this, this is. There was, I think, a very ridiculous or ridiculously premised article on Huffington Post from some guy who, um, was, who had never used iTunes new match service, which, and they're fairly similar. I think, I don't know how similar they are, but you know, you've got Amazon's music storage, whatever, and you can buy music through Amazon. And I know some people who just love it and think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then iTunes match was, um, uh, finally unleashed a couple of days ago. And so Pete and I have both now matched our entire music libraries and we're very excited about that. We can upgrade, you know, the quality of some of the tracks in there now and it's kind of exciting. And then Google launched yesterday. So in a lot of ways, they're somewhat similar, right? They're sort of cloud-based and they allow you to be kind of your single source of, of music that you've paid for. And even if you haven't paid for it, you can match it and have online storage and, and available on multiple devices. So it's a great thing. Anyway, this having to post articles like, oh, this is a, you know, a music pirate's dream. This is going to just, no one's going to pay for music anymore. And Pete and I got really heated about why on earth would you jump to that conclusion? First of all, you've never used the service. And second of all, there's particularly with iTunes, there's an annual fee to get this match that then is distributed to the artist. So in some cases, if you pirated it in the beginning or in the first place, you know, now at least some money five years later is distributed to them or, you know, that kind of thing happens. But I also think just the actual experience of, and the convenience and, and, and how it sort of plays out. My initial response in using it was a desire to buy more music actually and that's i think and that, that's, that's a good we, thing for them <laughs> yeah that and, and this guy was just like oh people are just gonna you know go to some pirate bay or whatever i know it doesn't exist anymore but they're, they're gonna download illegal tracks and then they're just gonna upload them and and it's gonna seem like they're they've got the rubber stamp of approval by apple and and no one's gonna pay for music anymore did you comment on the post jane no, because I I hate commenting on I read people's comments, but I don't like to create them on news sites. I don't know why, but um, I know I don't know. I almost did. I thought about it, but I read the comments and I thought, you know what? They've all hit it. Everybody hated the article as much as I did. Really, literally, every single comment was a repudiation. So, um, oh, but yeah. So it's just I, I I think you know at some point you have to say what does the consumer want. 
And, and then what does the artist need? And you've got to sort of match that without feeling like, and this is where Pete and I ended up. And when he's talking about context is, you know, what really makes sense for the artist. And there are so many ways for us to get music now that includes Spotify and, um, and iTunes and, uh, you know, going to the show like a live concert and buying a CD there and how much, and Pete's got a whole breakdown of, you know, how, what percentage does the artist get from any one of those purchases or, um, you know, where you're listening to that music. And I think, you know, I mean, we just sort of ended up thinking, you know, most people really, at least it's just our perception would love to see the greatest amount of money go to the artists themselves and not the intermediaries. Exactly. And, and more people than not would rather pay for their music and feel good about it than, you know, pirate it for free. So, uh, there is kind of, I mean, I think we ended up with CD Baby as uh, a really phenomenal place to buy new music, um, and 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 that it's fantastic to be able to then use a site like Google Plus or Amazon or in our case iTunes Match to be able to then have access to it on all of your mobile devices without having to go through all the rigmarole. Of, that is nice. That know. might actually compel me. It's interesting and it's fantastic. So far, this is our, you know, my first week with it, but I'm just in love with iTunes Match. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm in big love. I'm in big love with it. I have actually <laughs> rediscovered much of my, uh, much of my music. And, and, you know, I've got, uh, what How are we so? talking about? Well, because, you know, I, my music library is large. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's large. I've got, you know, we it is large. figured 20 some odd thousand. Uh, tracks of CDs that I've I've got I ripped all my CDs when I was going through grad school and you know, I'd sit down and study pop a CD in but I ripped them at a very low kind of bit rate back then it was 96k or something like that and uh, and so I've got all these uh, tracks and I can't the the library is too big for me to carry it around with me and so you know I have the playlist of whatever is current that I'm listening to, and and so I I carry that around. But you forget that there are you know thousands and thousands of tracks that that you used to like and that were important to you at one point, and you kind of forget them. And uh, and so now I I sync with iTunes Match and and upload the ones that iTunes Match doesn't have. And now when I turn on my phone, I see my entire library of 20,000 cool. tracks. I see every track I've ever had, even the stuff I've created my, uh, you know, on my own stuff that iTunes doesn't have everything. And I, I hit play and it takes just a second or two and starts to play as it downloads in the background. It's, it, it it's kind of a magical thing. So I, you know, now I hit a, a playlist of tracks that I'm not actually carrying around. They download as they're playing and I have music I haven't heard in, you know, a decade that, um, you know, that is, that was important to me. Um, you know, we were talking about, I had this, you know, Dada album, right? Puzzle was the best. Uh, it was the best. Is she laughing? Uh, she's I am laughing. Because it's a great, <laughs> it's a great CD and it's all scratched now. I can't, I have it. I ripped it and then it got scratched up. And so now I can't re-rip it. And now I just deleted it from my iTunes library on my computer and I re-downloaded it. And now I have it at a pristine higher bit rate than I ever created of it. And, uh, and I can listen to it on the go. It's, well, it, it's fantastic. And I'll tell you, and as I look through my library, it's something, I mean, you and I talked, Pete, about how this is a little cumbersome to really do. And certainly in one fell swoop, let alone like maybe I'll never get around to it much at all. But early on, when I took, when I first got iTunes and I started downloading my CD collection, which I, I'm moving right now and I, 
it fit in. It took me like four boxes to put all these old CDs, and I haven't bought a physical CD in quite some time. There's tons of them, and I, because of storage limitations, when I originally started doing this, I did everything at 128, and I did uh, kilobytes per second, and I, um, in a lot of cases, my albums, I only did the best songs on the albums because I was I was so space limited. Now I'm not. And I'm looking at, like Pete's saying, you know, you go back to some of this music you haven't listened to in a long time. And part of that for me, by the way, is that I have for years kept my iTunes library organized from date added. So when I search my library, I'm going from the newest track I added to the oldest. There's a lot of stuff at the bottom of that list I have not gotten to for a long time, unless I, unless it shows up on rotation in a smart playlist or something. Um, so there's a lot of this music that I haven't gotten you know, I haven't really looked at or, or listened to. I was doing some some old Pink Floyd tracks the other night through iTunes Match that were, I was doing it through the cloud and just like, wow, I love these. I wish you were here. I was like in my bed alone, just the headphones on, listening to Wish You Were Here. It'd been forever since I've listened to it. I'm sort of testing out, you know, how well it sort of downloads and goes track to track and, you know, that kind of thing. It was just fantastic. But I've got whole sections of my music library that are at a lower quality than I want them to be and that are um, incomplete. So this this will help me sort of round it all out and fatten it back up. It's really, it, it's tr- terrific. And you know what else? I mean, this is where, where we went with that thing, right? With that conversation yesterday it was we're talking about, uh, and this is uh, the sources from uh, David McCandless, right? Put together this uh, infographic at informationisbeautiful.net. And it's all on digital royalties. Uh, and so, you know, now we're talking about, you know, benefit to the artist of, of where you buy your music, right? Uh, or where, if you're an artist, where you sell your music. If, if you're an artist and you want to make minimum wage, which is at, at the time of this, uh, you know, infographic was 16 or $1,160 a month, right? For a solo artist, U.S. monthly minimum wage. He's going to need to press and sell at nine ninety nine a hundred and forty three CDs. Okay, so one hundred forty three CDs you make minimum wage each month. If you sell that same album through CD Baby, you have to sell one hundred and fifty five of those CDs. So a few more. So CD Baby, you go to cdbaby.com, you buy a CD from an artist, you know they're getting the highest cut, uh, second only to getting it from the artist's hand at a concert. Uh, retail album CD. So now you go to a higher end, uh, you know, royalty deal, sort of a retail, um, uh, outlet. You need to sell 1,161. So almost a factor of, what is that? A factor of eight, um, higher to, uh, to sell through a retail. Uh, iTunes album download. You pay, uh, pay 10 bucks for an album. 1,229 CDs or uh, albums you need to have downloaded a month. So more and more and more. I mean, yeah, from 143 to, 1200 as you move online um now hopefully you're you're leveraging the discoverability of this new engine uh through itunes and you know there's a lot of traffic through itunes so hopefully you can get more people to to buy your album but that's 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 where the pressure comes in now we skip a whole bunch of other download services you know if you if you pay by the track at amazon or itunes you need to sell 12,399 tracks at 99 cents each to make minimum wage every month. But if you go to the streaming services, uh, we jump down to this whole other category. And if you're an artist and you want to make minimum wage on Rhapsody, you need to have 849,817 plays 
per month. Oh my gosh. If you want to do it on Last FM, you need to have 1,546,000 plays per month. If you want oh, to do it all? on Spotify, you need to have 4,053,110 plays per month. So I I mean you know I I uh, I've got friends who are artists and and uh, you know artists that that are working hard to to you know make music their their livelihood and as a result of that I you know frankly I you know this is my little protest I quit Spotify uh, I was on Spotify I was a paying member of Spotify and I quit because really I want my music and I want to be able to to support the artists that are creating great music I want to own it I want to do right by these people that are that are doing good work so that was that you know I I found that a really profound kind of an argument when you look at it all sort of broken down like that uh, it it makes these these streaming services uh, less compelling. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that was quite a rant. That's all. I don't know, are you even? You're not even here. You're uh, where are you? Where are you? Where's your head? Are you okay? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Where's your head? Are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? Wow, Dane's gonna sing for us. It's been, I know it's been a long show. We've, it's been a long show. We're a little bit late it's today. Good. It's all good. I'm just happy that Dane showed up firing on all cylinders He's today. All, all of them in a row. <laughs> well, the later in the day we go, the more awake I Apparently, am. Seriously, Peter. <laughs> we need to do more jammy marketers because yeah, Dane will be like on crack at climbing the ceiling. <laughs> uh, I miss jammy marketers. I miss right. jammy marketers, even though we only did it once. I know. It still was super fun. Um, oh, so, uh, did you did you brought up the Google Music thing? Did you have something else, or did we uh, finish? I that don't one? believe I brought it up. I think Dane brought it up. Hmm. Well, I anyway, didn't want to talk big, about it. And it was a big week for input. music. Big week for music. Big week. Big, big week for music. I uh, I I'm actually scanning my uh, iTunes library. I don't. I'm not confident that Google Music is going to be able to upload much of my music because it's all uh, it's all iTunes stuff, right? It's all the uh, mp4s and uh i don't think google likes that very much google wants the mp3s really yeah, hmm. yeah. that's interesting so i i don't i don't have a lot of faith in it but it's all right I'm, i wouldn't i'm not going to use it much anyway i mean it's not a not the service for me it's the same thing as as i think as itunes match essentially gets me it's an ecosystem you pick you pick your eco pick your ecosystem that's the word of the day, ecosystem. Perseverate over your ecosystem. <laughs> oh, boy. That's yeah. the phrase of the month there. I uh, still like, oh, dang it. Uh, that's my phrase <laughs> of the day. <laughs> I like perseverate over your ecosystem. That's, that's, <laughs> that's total insanity. Mm, you boys are funny. Interesting. Uh, well, yeah, well, so I, I think we're good. Your, yeah. your audio quality is uh, declining, Pete, Mine so is? maybe we should. No, yeah. you still sound good. Well, you know what it is because I'm about to upload all my uh, the found yeah. He's gonna tracks. get all of his yeah. He's gonna get all of his tracks yeah. going at once. Bandwidth. All twenty thousand. I'm gonna of suck them. my bandwidth. So I, I'm sucking bandwidth today. <laughs> For hey, separate over your bandwidth <laughs> suck. Which this was uh, funny. This was good. It was good to talk to you guys. You too. We'll do this again sometime. Let's do it again. All right. All right, boys. All right. It's a pleasure. Later. <laughs>